Hello, hello, and welcome. You are listening to Family in the Fray with me, Heather Holiday Holton, a targeted parent of three kids and adult survivor of parental alienation. This podcast is for you if you forgot who you are in the wreckage of alienation and want to reconnect with your authentic self. If you want to rebuild a vibrant life, regardless of being in relationship with your child or not. And if you want to hold space for restoring relationship with your child in a way that doesn't deplete or torture you. With some mindset shifts and practice, you can have a life that includes pleasure, ease, rest, and joy, even while you are mildly, partially, or fully alienated. My goal is for you to listen and feel supported while I give you tips, tools, and hacks to shift your day-to-day experience of being a targeted parent in order for you to feel more empowered and improve your life. The thoughts and perspectives I share are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I am open to doing better and I welcome your feedback. As always, take what feels good and leave the rest. With that said, I am so excited you are here and let's dive into today's topic. Here we go. Hello. For the first episode, I thought I would share a bit about my journey as a targeted parent. And um, so here we go. I met my ex uh, as a freshman in college back in 1995. We were married shortly after we graduated in 1998 and um, I gave birth to twins in November of 2004 and our youngest son was born 14 months later. So yeah, I had three kids in less than two years at home with me. In the beginning, motherhood presented a steep learning curve, but uh, for many reasons, I decided to initiate the divorce in the summer of, I guess it was fall of 2011, and the divorce was finalized in the summer of 2012. Now, it's important to note that fundamentally, we did not agree on how to parent our children when we were married, and getting a divorce did not make that issue any easier. We had two special needs kids on the autism spectrum. My youngest child, uh, his presentation includes a lot of behavioral outbursts, defiance, uh, very outgoing to the point of being a safety concern. He's hyperactive, attention deficit, high impulsivity, delayed learning, and is also, well, at the time he was a flight risk at home and at school. My eldest child's presentation of autism was entirely different. Instead, he was introverted, made minimal, made minimal eye contact, spoke very little and softly, 
was easily overwhelmed by sensory input, had obsessive interests, only a few interests, and excelled at devouring information, but was much slower at um, expressing and producing information uh, in the form of talking, writing, and connecting with others. Um, And then my middle child is also special needs in the fact that she was labeled as talented and gifted and competed in like battles. Battle of the Books was involved in Girl Scouts, soccer, and had a thriving social life. So there were a lot of competing interests for limited time, energy, and resources in our family. And like I said, since we didn't always agree on how to parent, um, as divorced folks, we, we fell into the pattern of parallel parenting. You know, it's not ideal, but so long as the children weren't in harm's way, we got to the point of saying to each other, what you do on your parenting time is your parenting business, and what I do on my parenting time is my parenting business. And uh, that was the fragile piece we struck as divorced people. And that was pretty much the case for a few years until my ex remarried in 2015. And then DHS, Department of Human Services, was weaponized against me. There were lots of false reports, um, accusations that I was unstable, crazy, drank too much, needed therapy, and didn't parent properly. Um, for those of you who don't know, after DHS gets involved in your family, there's usually a safety plan, and that includes a two-week protocol of no, no contact. And, you know, I complied with that. That period of no contact, those two weeks included my twins's graduation from fifth grade. It was quite heartbreaking that I was not able to attend, but that that was the case. So after that two weeks had lapsed, I go to pick up my kids for the first time and was greeted with this question from my eldest son, who's on the autism spectrum. And he asked me, mom, where did you learn to become an, an abuser? From your mom or your dad? And that, you know, was just not a naturally occurring thought to him. And that really set the tone for what was ahead. You know, from there on out, I uh, had DHS at my house invested, investigating constantly. And uh, by 2016, I was paying for weekly court-ordered monitored visits to the tune of $100 an hour. And my kids were unrecognizable to me with their disrespect, bad-mouthing, unruly behaviors, open disregard for me as a person, much less as a parent, you know. Um, So... I want to break down what some of these behaviors looked like so that if you're experiencing them, um, I'm just being frank and blunt about about what this was 
in my experience. So there was refusal to visit me, accept my calls, return my texts. When I did have them, there was refusal to do homework, cries of abuse when asked to clean their rooms or gather their laundry, do simple chores, spying on me and my private calls, my journals, my phone. I was belittled for having a smaller home and a quote-unquote poorer car. I was shoved, hit, spat on. I was shunned at parent-teacher events, ignored at wrestling matches and band performances. My birthday gifts and Christmas gifts were rarely acknowledged, and if they were, it was because they were defective somehow. There was constant tension and friction in my house where previously there had been none. This period was so confusing and disorienting and nobody knew how to relate to me in this regard. I felt like friends and family were trying to support me, but also kind of blaming me for not being able to just have a normal divorce with normal co-parenting like quote-unquote, normal people do. Um, Nobody understood or could relate to the family terrorism that was going on in my household. Um, Yeah, it was hard. (sighs) Yeah. In addition, I had to appeal the findings of DHS that required that I hire a separate attorney in addition to my family court attorney that was um, seeing me through the process of this modification. And it was necessary that I have a second attorney because my career was on the line. At the time, I was a social worker for our local housing authority, and I worked with vulnerable populations and Some of my work um, overlapped with DHS work as well. So um, it was just a lot. It was too much. So of course, while all this was happening, um, you know, it's hard to string along these two court cases, uh, one in family court and well, the other one was through the DHS appeals process. I was losing time at work definitely losing focus at work, um, dealing with the stress of these two legal proceedings and all while being sabotaged as a parent. In order to stop the madness, I signed custody papers that allowed me to see the children at their request. Now, previous to this, we had been parenting 50-50 with parenting time. After signing that modification, my parenting time was effectively reduced to 40 hours in a given year. No overnights. I lived only seven miles away in a four-bedroom, three-bath house that was now empty, just me all the time, because I didn't even get to have the privilege of my kids spending the night with me a single night. This went on for over two years, um, my mental health tanked. I was swimming in suicidal ideation. I blamed myself for signing that modification. Um, at the time, it was inconceivable to me that my kids would request to see me so little. 
I used to volunteer weekly in each of their classrooms, attend field trips, volunteer at their book fairs and jogathons, coach the soccer team, do arts and crafts together, plan fun outings, and read bedtime stories to them. How did I go from a loved and valued mom to a disposable nobody in their eyes? It just made no sense. Um, until one day I was browsing on Pinterest back in 2017 when the words parental alienation came across my feed and there it was. Just like that, I had the words to, to name this. And although that was nice and comforting in its own way, it was also a slap in the face, you know? Um, I think that parental alienation is like one of the greatest hoodwinks of all time. Often you don't know what's happened to you until it's all been said and done. And I was spending time with fantasies and thoughts of self-harm, um, that were just not good and healthy and I couldn't see or find my way out. I lived seven miles away, but as far as being with my kids, we were worlds apart. And I felt like I was the dog outside the house, pressing my nose against the back window, barking and barking and barking. And People were working really hard to ignore me and it wasn't working very well. So in an effort to save my my mental health and myself, I decided to get a new job, sell my home, move 50 miles away, which was the maximum that my parenting agreement would allow. I needed space. I needed to not be under the, you know, eyes and ears of, you know, my ex who kind of seemed to be lurking around every corner. I needed, I needed space to heal. So at the time, it felt like I was giving up. And in giving up, I knew I was absolutely saving my life. Yeah. Get a little choked up still talking about it. But that's what I needed to do. And I figured that, you know, I would probably never hear from my kids again until they had at least graduated high school and moved on to college, which would be, you know, fall of 2023. So, you know, right around the corner. And in that time, I decided I would work on myself throw myself at my career, pay off this debt that I had incurred with all of these court fees and two attorneys. And instead of receiving child support in the tune of $800 a month, I was now paying child support uh, for $800 a month. And yeah, still not even able to see my kids for anything more than 40 hours a year. That was from 2017 and 2018. So, so yeah, I, I moved away. I, 
I absolutely moved away and I had no contact at all with my kids for three and a half years. No birthdays, no Christmases, no Mother's Day, nothing. And everything changed on October 19th, 12.30 in the morning. Well, that's October 19th, 2020. Let's be clear. October 19th, 2020 at 12.30 in the morning, I miss a phone call and check my messages and come to find out uh, my middle child is at an urgent care facility asking if I could pick him up. And when I do, he asks if he could live with me. And just like that, everything changed. I was back in the game. And thank goodness I had been doing some work on myself and preparing for this moment. Because we as targeted parents, you know, often think the finish line is being reunited with our kids. And that is one finish line. It's a huge finish line. It's a major milestone. But um, being in relationship with your child after suffering such huge fracture takes a lot of skills and tools. And um, I'm happy to report now that we have been in relationship uh, successfully with deep, rich bonds and connection. Now for over two years, we have had our ups, we have had our downs. Um, my eldest child is still rather alienated and rejecting of me. Um, and you know, this makes a lot of sense. With twins, you know, it's often that one child will align with one parent, the other child with the other. And, you know, as far as child support goes, that washes things out. And um, also, there's reading to suggest that kids don't want to see one parent fully rejected. Um, you know, there's a lot of power and control that 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 targeting, alienating, toxic parent has. And um, they don't want to relinquish that control readily or easily. So um, unfortunately, the alienating behaviors and dynamics have permeated the twins' relationship. And we're, we're trying right now to, to course correct and work through that. It's a work in progress. My youngest, I have visitation reinstated with him. I now have him every other weekend, two weeks in the summer, half holidays, and we are doing quite well. Um, I am so happy and proud of the progress we've made individually, each of us. Obviously, there's more work to be done with my eldest, um, but I've come so far and so have my kids and we have created lots of safety in our rebuilding of relationship. So that's what I want for you. I know that we may lose our kids all in one fell swoop 
and we may have to uh, earn them back, win them back. I don't like those words so much, but our reunifying may come one by one by one. Each uh, rescue mission on for each child will be uniquely tailored to them. And that's okay. We do whatever it takes. We find the way. And what I want most for people to hear in this story is that even if you've given up, even if you thought you've given up, perhaps you didn't give up. Maybe you just took a step back. Maybe you sat down. Maybe you took a break. Maybe you benched yourself for a while, you know, so that you can um, like ice your knee, take some Gatorade before you tag back in on the court, right? It's these battles are long. They're drawn out. They're exhausting and overwhelming. And stepping back, stepping away, taking a seat, especially to preserve your mental health. If you need to do that, full permission to do that. And that doesn't mean you are a loser, that you're giving up, that you're a bad parent, that you don't love them, that you don't care about your kids. It means none of that. It means that you're tired. It means that you're human. It means that you're under a great deal of pressure and stress. And if you need to step away, step away, step back so that you can re-engage later when you're ready and rested. So that's my story. Um, I hope that you can relate to it and glean some wisdom from it and apply it to your own situation. Thank you for listening. And stay tuned tomorrow because we're going to be having an episode every day for the month of December between December 1 and December 26. I know that these times of the year, you know, these most happy, magical, festive days of the year can really suck for us as targeted parents. And please come here. Please visit daily to get the support you need. And you are not alone. Just because you're alienated doesn't mean you have to be isolated. So thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Family in the Fray and spending your precious time with me. Hopefully you're taking away new insights and tools to make your journey less painful. If you find this valuable, feel free to share this podcast with other targeted parents step-parents and grandparents and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast so please leave a review and rating. Plus let's get the word out so every targeted parent who needs this can find it. From experience I know being a targeted parent is hard and you probably need tons of quality support. I am so thankful to be here for you. For more information on working with me refer to the show notes As always, take care until next time and wishing you ease.